Good day, everyone. Welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Michael, and with me is the other co-host of the show. The on-time Jeremy. Michael, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Better late than never. Better late than never. It's we, we're, we're on a wacky schedule. We don't have things hammered down. We don't have a studio. You know, it. it is what it is, but we're here to have some laughs. Have a brew, bro down, let's go for it. Michael, yeah. hit me with the beer brag. Well, Jeremy, I have a kind of special beer brag. Ooh la la. Because it involves multiple beers, yeah. Because oh. I was recently in Missouri, the great state of Missouri. Misra? Yep. Uh, in fact, uh, that's a title of one of oh. our episodes is Missouri slash oh, Missouri. Oh, that's right. Now, were you in Missouri <laughs> or Missouri? Um, both, actually. I, I, I didn't realize how down... So I was there for the eclipse. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize. I was pretty... I was in the last third, the lower third of the state for part of my trip. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it. Because St. Louis, I thought was pretty far north, but it's actually about the halfway yeah. point. Once you get south of St. Louis, you're in Missouri. Yeah, so I was definitely in Missouri for part of this. But uh, I guess the the theme, or at least for the first day I was there, was uh, St. Louis, home of Anheuser-Busch, now currently part of the AB InBev brewing conglomerate. Home of August Bush the fourth. Yeah, that's right. That crazy guy in his helicopter. Uh, is he our spirit <laughs> animal now? Can he be um, your spirit animal? I guess so. He could be my spirit animal. That guy knows how to party. He, yeah. Maybe, you know, he's like on one of our shoulders. He's in a hel- hovering over the our shoulder in a helicopter. <laughs> and then we have the other shoulder, which is the, the, the craft brew label. <laughs> the guy from the Abbott 12 label? Yeah. Right, there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So... Uh, how that reared his head. So the first night we went to like this generic Irish pub, mm-hmm. number four or something like that. And I'm like, oh, looking at all the taps, I'm like, all right. And there's some of the common, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser. Oh, that's no surprise. And it's like, oh, they have Kona and they uh-huh. have Golden Road. They have Golden Road oh. here and they have Breckenridge. And it's like, oh, yeah, these oh, are all yeah. <laughs> AB InBev. Uh, taps, you know, quote-unquote micros uh-huh. that are owned by AB InBev. And I was looking at them, I'm like, I can't remember if these guys are owned by AB InBev or not. I cannot say this word. I think it's a movie with Matt Damon in it. Uh, Elysian? Elysium? Elysian, yes. Elysium is the movie. You're thinking of Elysian with I-A-N. Yes. Thank you. You totally broke that down. Mm-hmm. Just how I need you to. You don't need to see Elysium. I had high hopes for that movie, but not it, not so good. Uh, anyway, Elysian. Yes, and then I'm like, I'll just get this uh, Space Dust IPA by them. I, I and then I'm looked it up, and it's like, oh yeah, they own our own by AB and Bev. Um, and uh, that you know, it was still a good beer. And actually, there's a little moral here. So I got the corporate beer, quote unquote corporate. Mm-hmm. It depends on your perspective on the whole thing it was good um really strong ipa real robust dank flavor stinky as you would expect from something called space dust sure and then later on we went down the road 
from Generic Irish Pub, to Kirkwood Station Brewing Company, which proudly displayed the independent craft beer logo on their door. The True Freak label? Yes, the True Freak label, <laughs> as we have called it, yeah. and another episode of ours. Yeah, yeah. And I had a flight there, so I had six of their beers. I had a Blackberry Wheat, a Farmhouse, Schwarz Beer, you know, one of those smoky type mm-hmm. beers, um, a Red IPA, uh, another Pale Ale of theirs, maybe there was another one in there. But not so great. At least the ones I tried. The blackberry wheat was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the other ones were like, had this little weird spin on them that made the flavor kind of disagreeable. It was mm. like they were trying to be too distinct with some of these. And so the, the maybe except for the blackberry wheat, the uh, quote unquote corporate beer bested all of these. Mm. So. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you just got to follow your tongue in some cases, but... And or nose. Um, yeah, yeah, and nose can help too. Mm-hmm. But actually, we also had something from Urban Chestnut Brewing Company. Jeez, Michael. Which I believe is independent from what I can verify, so mm-hmm. we'll give the award to them. And to tie it all together, I didn't have a full pint, but I had a sample of this beer that I've wanted to try for a long time, which is Craftig Light. Hmm. And this is from the William K. Bush Brewing Company. And so this was one of the Bush brothers when InBev came in and bought Anheuser-Busch. He made his own brewing company. And so this was, they have, I think they just have two beers, and this was their light beer. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. It had a good malt flavor to it for a light beer and a pretty good backbone for a light beer. It wasn't just a typical huh. warm urine, if you will. <laughs> type <laughs> so type light beer so this bush was the herb to anheuser's homer yeah i think so okay yeah um this yeah this is the brother of the helicopter riding <laughs> we wheeling dealing <laughs> wheeling dealing <laughs> helicopter riding limousine drive i don't remember it all but just yeah. just look at best of rick flair and you'll get it <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, it was like a whirlwind tour of family drama, corporate rating, and um, <laughs> decent beer all over the place. So, so I got the whole gambit when I was there. You mean the gamut? No, I mean gambit. The uh, X Man was there drinking okay, okay. with me. All right, that's cool. Just, just, just make sure. Uh, that's cool. Botchamania. Eh, well, once again, it happens. We're we're on. <laughs> We, we're on the razor's edge here, Michael. We're live, but we're not. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Do you got a beer brag for me? So, on my way home, uh, after I made a quick target run this evening, I realized I didn't have a beer brag. But So I made, oh. a, so I made a quick stop at a, a local beer cellar, and I found New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin. Michael, have you heard of this one yet? Oh, you know what? I did see this on Twitter and there was lots of boohoo. Why do you have a pumpkin beer already? This was about a month ago, I think. So I went into the uh, a nearby drugstore that just so happens to have a uh, an awesome beer selection. I, mm-hmm. I think you know which one I'm talking about. The one that I worked at. Oh, you worked at that one. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I was walking up and down the aisles, just trying to find something and everything we'd either done or didn't look appealing. 
and it had an end cap that had Oktoberfests, and I was just like, yeah, it's a little oh, early nice. for that, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. There's several here I hadn't hadn't had, and looking, it's like, ah, Atomic Pumpkin. Uh, yep, that'll whatever. Screw it. If nothing else, it's it's a pumpkin beer. I'll yell at it because yeah, exactly. Uh, I traditionally don't really much care for pumpkin beers. I kind of had my palate soiled by uh, a no longer available beer. I think we talked about oh, yeah. that last year. I don't. I in, think in, you in, did. Anyway, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I bought Atomic Pumpkin, and when I finally looked at the label, because I was in kind of a rush to get home and like you know eat dinner and everything, and then when I opened it. When it was too late, um, I realized what was in this beer. Michael, do you know what's in this beer? Pumpkin? Uh-huh. That's one thing. <laughs> Me. There's two more um, big things. Some some pumpkin spice flavor? Ah, uh, no, sir. So, the flavor text oh. is as follows. Okay. Da, 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 da. Nuclear energy? Like nuclear waste? Well, it'll, it the name will make sense here in a second. Okay. Uh, from New Belgium's website. Enough with the -the run-of-the-mill pumpkin beers. I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in an ale that takes cues from a frozen coffee drink, and neither are you. That's why I Mm -hmm. made Atomic Pumpkin. Does it really feature habanero peppers? Yep. Oh, no. What about Saigon cinnamon? Ding. I round it all out with a hearty malt bill that makes for a spicy brew that puts the fun back in pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. And then he says, spelling was never my strength, dash voodoo ranger. So did did it put the put the spicy back in pumpkin? The f- it did put the fun back in pumpkin. Um, this beer is really good. Oh, I wow! I w- I was swerve. Yeah, I know, right? Once I saw the habanero part on there, my my countenance dropped because, mm-hmm. as established, I do not much care for pepper beers, and I I historically only tangled with habaneros once, and it did not end well. Um, yes. And so I was just like, ah. But uh, I think the tasting notes that come with this do a really good job of uh, describing what it was like. So I'm going to once again hit the flavor text here. Pumpkin pie with a lot of cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg. Spicy red pepper-like aroma, i.e. chipotle, ancho, and red hot candy. Followed by mm-hmm. some cherries and bready cookie malt aroma. There is definitely some heat on this one. But unlike a pepper beer... It doesn't ever get vegetable, vegetal, if that makes oh, any okay. sense. Um, I can see that. The habaneros are used strictly for heat. It's balanced out with the cinnamon really, really well to make it feel like a pumpkin beer with like red hot candies in it, which okay. I'm a fan of. Um, okay. The way I described it to girlfriend of the show is like a pumpkin latte, but mixed with a Mexican hot chocolate. Oh, okay. That's... Um, Harmonious. Yeah, it, the balance is extremely well done. New Belgium, as we've established, has had some sketchy uh, results when dealing with these oddball cherry almond watermelon kind lime flavor. Yeah. Um, but this one's really good. I don't know if I could do a six pack of it, but this is definitely going to be something that I return to in a, if not a six pack, a mix six and get at least two of them just because it's it's going to be a really good one for like watching an evening football game once the weather turns a little bit colder. Hmm. No one is more surprised than I am, Michael, but this is really good beer. I gave it four stars. That's good. A sneak peek of what's to come. Yeah. Check it out if you are listening to this and write in. Tell me. Let me know what you think. Am I crazy? I, I mean, probably, but you know. That's good. Yeah, yeah. it's Good to have kind of a different take on some of the pumpkin beers, which 
have now kind of saturated the market. They really um, have. Um, and I've, it's obscured the, you know, there's good ones and there's bad ones, but it's kind of, the good ones have kind of become obscured with the multitude of kinds you can get. And it's, there's just, a lot of them aren't terribly good. So yeah. we'll have to do some more investigation of that. I agree. We're due for a soon. re-up here coming soon. Yes, that's true. Continuing with the um, braggadocious theme, I mentioned earlier that I was in Missouri to see the eclipse, mm-hmm. and I saw it. The sky was clear. It was a total eclipse. It was amazing. That's my life brag. <laughs> my viewing of the eclipse was also enhanced by a guy who sounded and looked remarkably like Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> basically freaking out <laughs> during the entire eclipse <laughs> and uh i basically couldn't stop laughing the whole uh, car ride home just thinking about how i saw the eclipse with essentially what amounted to larry david so and uh curb comes back like in the next couple weeks doesn't it i think so yeah i thought that show had ended like several times over, but it like keeps coming back. They, they uh, the way they make it is they just like whenever Larry David feels like it. Okay. Seriously, that's that's how the, that's when they decide to make more. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good show. I agree. Wink, Jeremy. What have you been up to lately? Any weekend geek or life brags? Well, no real life brags, but uh, I've been hitting hooks books pretty hard. Oh, that's right. Give us an update. Where are you at on your your yearly? You're well, not yearly, but you're year long. Well, that's a good word. <laughs> uh, I am forty pages away from number twenty being finished. And remind me again, you're going for thirty. Going for two? thirty on the year. Thirty. So as long as I have twenty finished by the end of the month, I'm on pace. That giant, okay. that giant mafia history. Uh, it kind of took away any pad that I had. I see. Um, it's a boss fight. Yeah, it, it was a boss fight. It took me like a month to read that thing. It was huge. Yeah. But in uh, oddly enough, in disturbing harmony with our beer for this afternoon, evening, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, uh, number 19 was The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and People's Temple. Oh, God. That's a freaky event in history. Oh, boy. Um, so. And I, you got the dirty, uh, probably, reading this book, I assume. Well, so the last 40 or 50 pages are brutal like they're among the hardest things i've ever read mm-hmm. to his credit the author whose name i'm gonna pull up here in a second um he doesn't go for salacious details but he also doesn't obscure uh the hard facts. the hard facts of it if there's a, a through line that's been going in all these books that i've been reading this year it's that groupthink is always bad to to uh <laughs> quote last podcast on the left Let's see, there was uh, the Mafia, Groupthink, Shattered Inside Hillary's Doomed Campaign, Groupthink, uh, bl- and, and so on and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you can go on Wikipedia and read all the dirty sort of details of, you know, the Jonestown Massacre. I'm not going to recount them here. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's where the phrase drink the Kool-Aid came from, even though, you know, it wasn't really Kool-Aid, and they tried real hard to uh, get... <laughs> It was Flavor Aid. No, it was Flavor Aid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, PR nightmare. It was a PR nightmare. But one of the things that that was really fascinating about this is it talks about how he grew up and 
how like such a horrific event came out of what was an attempt at good because whether you knew it or not he was basically behind he his original goal was you know essentially a socialist paradise and in order to uh achieve that he tried to integrate indianapolis and so like a lot of the uh the things that brought indianapolis out of segregationist past were due to him hmm which is weird and like that is weird <laughs> so he's just like we want to feed the poor we want to, you know, like let black people do this and do that without having to uh, deal Jim Crow. And it's it's really weird. Like there's some indelible images in this book of just the way he, that he starts off with ideas that all of us can agree with. And then just as he kept going, the megalomania and the, the insanity just grew and grew and grew. But it all the the weirdest part is that it all came from a good spot at the beginning, hmm. and then it like, and then it turns into a, a Stephen King story, basically. <laughs> yeah. So um, I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the best books I've read in a really long time. Like it's not salacious. It's unbelievably fascinating, and I I can't recommend it enough. It's documentarian kind of style. Yeah, definitely. Um. And then the huh. number 20, what I'm almost finished with, is something that I imagine you would be interested in. Okay. And it's called Blitzed, Drugs in the Third Reich. Oh, gee. So this one is, is not as uh, heavy as the Jonestown book, because this, is, mm-hmm. this one is more about um, putting historical events in context of the Nazis being jacked up on methamphetamine and... Hitler being doped out of his gourd on cocaine and oxycodone for about the last three years of the war. Uh-huh. So, like, the the author spent about five years digging through old Nazi documents in uh, archives in Washington, D.C., and he found the diaries of Hitler's personal doctor. Aha. Uh-huh. And so they find that he was injecting him with a progenitor of oxycodone, like... A lot, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> a lot, and it's 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 crazy because so much of the uh, the rise of Nazi Germany was based on you know you only the Führer can make you feel good, nothing else can make you feel good. No booze, no drugs, coke and heroin addicts are bad people and they should be put down. Mm-hmm. But but this methamphetamine, this just wakes you up. This makes you feel great. <laughs> you know this this that's because if the book is to be believed, that's how. They got through the Blitzkrieg so quickly. They kind of made the modern-day recipe, didn't they? Yes, they did. Crystal meth. Uh, it, it wasn't the crystal version back then. It was just, you know, a, a capsule. But, but yes, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, they invented methamphetamine. And so mm. it's, it's crazy. Like, the, the French were not prepared for the Blitzkrieg, but there's also the stories of, you know... They would be like waiting and then like get like okay they're x amount of miles out we have this long to, oh crap they're here <laughs> oh god and it was because they were all jacked up on methamphetamine and driving for three days straight without sleeping oh so it's it's very fascinating to see how this was uh how the idea of like how they were you know perverted their way of thinking even farther than they already had. To justify violating their own moral code, and then ju- huh. and then you know after a certain point when you're getting injected with ten milligrams of morphine 
every couple hours or what have you. I don't. I don't know if that's a lot. I assume it is. Mm, depends. Okay. Well, would you would you recommend someone do that every couple hours? No. Okay. Yeah. That's what. Uh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you're in hospice care. Y- yeah. That. that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very fascinating. Um, I'm gonna finish it up after we're done recording. It's it's very fast paced oh, reading. Short. It's really good. Well, that does sound kind of interesting. Fascinating, if nothing left. Yeah. I, I'm finishing up, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the show, but the fourth Harry Hooley oh, novel. The fourth one? The Nemesis. Oh, that's a good one. I can't remember if I said that or not yet. Uh, but Maybe. I don't he, know. They're turning one of his uh, one of the Harry Hooley novels into a movie. Yeah, they are. The Snowman, which... You pointed out to me on Twitter, and I, it took me a beat to realize you were talking. There was a Harry Hooley novel. Yeah, yeah. That you're like, hey, look at this horror movie called The Snowman. But no, it's a crime thriller. Yeah, I, I have not read that one yet. It's the next one in line in that series for me. Mm-hmm. But it's... I think it's book six, six or seven, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, because right. Redbreast is three, because they had the two Scooby-Doo adventures. And then <laughs> right. the trilogy... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Before we, okay. Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, um, but yeah, it's. I'm excited. Michael Fassbender is Harry Hooley, and the guy yeah. and the guy who made uh, "Let the Right One In" is making oh. the movie. So if you never saw that one, that one's pretty sweet too. That was a well-reviewed movie. It was. It's well-reviewed. It's a good book, and it's a great movie. Yeah. So yeah. all these APM Pod book reads and themes are weaving together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> given your recent book reads, let's hope they don't uh, get too true to life. Uh, well, um, ne- wait, wait till you get a load of the next one. Okay. I already know okay. what the next one is. We'll we'll get there. I've I've almost spilled the beans a few times in a few different <laughs> episodes, but we'll we'll get there. Well, that's good. It's good to hear you're making progress on those books, Jeremy. Always with a fascinating subject matter. Of the darker side. Just, just go to the nonfiction section of your local library and look for something that looks cool. Yeah. All right. Read nonfiction <laughs> every now and then. It's it's awesome. Yes, I would I would agree with that. All right, Jeremy. Before we move on to the FDR, let's take a look at the American Pale Mail Mail Pill. Once again, good work. All right. We have a tweet. Let me bring it on up here. Oh, why it's only from former host of the show. Mike, dun dun dun, checking in. Let's see what he has to say. Well, first of all, he has a recommendation for us. Oh, really? He says, if Jeremy liked Doom, I and I did. Beer brag from last week from you, Founders Doom. Yeah. He and maybe the show should check out DKML, the next in the Founders Barrel Age series. Jeremy, do you know anything about this? One? I saw it at Dirty John's. It was prohibitively oh. expensive for a trial run because I didn't see any singles. But um, if we're getting if we're getting some recommendations, maybe we'll have to uh, set this up for the next swap. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to look into that on barrel aged malt liquor. <laughs> malt liquor gets a bad name, unjustifiably <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but this. The name of malt liquor is all kind of semantics, so... Oh, um, yeah. It's not to say malt liquor couldn't be good. But, you know... 
Imperial Malt Liquor Aged in Bourbon Barrels. Okay, well, thank you for the recommendation, Mike. Thank you, Mike. we'll take that on. Or maybe not. to see. You're not our boss. And then Mike says, oh, he goes on to say, to my knowledge, APM hasn't done a malt liquor. Is that so? Is Steel Reserve considered a malt liquor? Yeah, that's yeah. We get into it the gasoline alley beer. Uh, yeah, maybe that counts as malt liquor. But I remember early on in the show, when when it was Mike and I doing the show, you had suggested we do Mickey's, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's that. That might be a gasoline alley thing we have to do. Oh boy, um, maybe have a forty consume an ounce every minute or something like that. <laughs> oh god, that'd be terrible. I, did I tell you uh, about the brass monkey? I swear I've told you about that. Yes, okay. you mentioned that on the show. What is it? Part orange juice, part malt liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, got to be cold. My God. Mike goes on. It's a little hard to verify since the untapped account hasn't been updated since 2006. Team. And he gives this little ro- rolling eye emoji. 2006, uh, Michael. I was uh, I was 22 when that happened. Oh, t- sorry. 2016. Uh, that's better. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it hasn't been updated in 2016. And that is true. Um, Mike was kind of the untapped master. Um, and I assume I know the password for the account, but uh, I guess secrets revealed. I don't really like the untapped app that much. What? So, um, yes, that APM pod untapped account is technically abandoned ah. right now. I Secrets love Untapped. Revealed. I love Untapped. It's fun. Do you want to take it over? I'd well, I'm going to put garbage on there, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no. We do have our own little private document to take care of all the stats. And should we do something to like? We're not. We're not making that public because that'll give our emails away. Uh, <laughs> should we like? We- we will figure pivot maybe tables. Something I don't. Out. What I don't know. <laughs> pivot tables. I, I don't know how this crap Excel works. Master sheet? Um, no. I mean, I think it's out there. Um, if you Google, <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, you know. do some friggin' work. I never found Untapped good for. See, I never got into like searching within people's profiles and stuff. As it seems Mike has mastered that because he often calls us out on the show. Um. But, well, then um, he can do his own beer podcast because you know what? I'm not going anywhere. So there. You know what? I will, Mike, as you know, your former co-host, mm-hmm. but that you're still a super fan of the show. It's true. I you still have access to the account. I am bequeathing mm-hmm. onto you, continuing the American Pamela's on tapped account. Yeah, you do it. Number one super fan of the show. And as we don't want to do it dot com slash hashtag uh, I don't know yeah anyway yeah you know we have Twitter we have Facebook and then Untapped adds another layer of oh man that's another thing I have to do <laughs> to the show so wah, wah. my name's Baby Michael <laughs> thanks for checking in Mike it's always <laughs> good to hear from you we might have to have you back on again sometime yeah. soon we'll see. I am going on vacation oh. for like a weekend, but you know. Oh, okay. Usually we can uh, discuss all yeah. those things, but we do. You know, it's the holiday season coming up. Do you have a reason to go back to where Mike is? I yes, I still do. Okay, good. So maybe uh, we'll have to do something. All right. Anyway, Jeremy, should we move on to the FDR? <laughs> should we drink the Kool Aid, Michael? <laughs> Let's drink. Well, <laughs> we'll see how much this tastes like. Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. This is where we find a beer, drink a yes. beer, 
and rate a beer. Michael, what do we got on tap for tonight? Summer is winding down. The sun is disappearing <laughs> behind the moon. It's the last of our Sumerian summer series where we're trying summery fruit-type <laughs> beers. Um, and so hopefully we've had two okay ones and two ones that we thought were pretty good. Yeah. So we'll see how this wraps up with today's beer, which is from Coronado Brewing Company, Barry the Hatchet. That's B-E-R-R-Y. You see, you see what they did there, Michael? <laughs> yes, uh, they're burying it. Uh, Ale brewed with berries. Part of their seasonal selection. Stay coastal, my friends. Stay coastal, yes. That's what it says on there. Kind of hard to find info about the beer because it's not on their website. It's I don't really know. not. I checked too. Um, yeah, not even during the seasonal. I don't know if, like, I guess it's it's always been part of their, like, in-tap lineup, and then sometimes they put it in bottles. So I don't know if after this last season they stopped putting it in bottles and took it off their website. So I don't know what's going on. I, I found, uh, when I Googled it, I found a page for it on the Coronado website, but there was no, nothing in there. Yeah, me too. I found a press release for it, mm-hmm. which gives some specs for it, and I imagine this was maybe a part of that site mm-hmm. that now is mysteriously stripped of any information. So this is a fruit-infused wheat beer, ABV of 4.6, 18 IBU. The release is May through July, so you might be able to find some lingering on the shelves. And I couldn't find like a brew-on date for this. I was just so, looking for that. I was going to say, did we get a holdover from last year? I don't think that's the case, though. I doubt it. This was the first time I've seen this at the store that I frequently look at the mix and match section. I mean, I did get it back in, what, July when we did our recent swap. It was probably something like that. Yeah. So who knows? But anyway, we're having it now. We're doing a summer series. So, So Michael, I found uh, uh, the following commercial description. Yes, please. This is refreshing, light and slightly tart, but never sour. This wheat beer is infused with a bushel of flavor. Red raspberries blackberries and boysenberries collide with the perfect blend of hops and malt for a sweet crisp rose colored ale that's so easygoing it lets bygones be bygones and so then that was added by a user on beer advocate i don't know if that's real or not but it sounds good i think looking at the back of this bottle is that what it says on there i think that's what it says so it does I, say that on there all right well i think that, so that's legit all right that's okay. legit. corroborated god, that god i'm a coon <laughs> um yeah, so and Coronado Brewing Company, I haven't heard of that much either. This is the first I've seen of them. Um, so I'm not sure. It seems a little fishy that were they just recently bought and got wide distribution, but I couldn't find anything about them being owned by anybody. Hmm. It's not to say they are or aren't, but we'll presume independence until proven otherwise. But again, from my story earlier, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't turn such a cold heart to corporate beer. Eh, well, you never know. You never know. So they actually have been brewing since 1996. Uh, Coronado, of course, Coronado Island. Um, of course. Know, just off the coast of San Diego. I don't know any of this. You don't know that? Oh, yeah. I've never been so, to California. There's too many <sighs> There's too many types. Of, man, I read that Jim Jones book, all right? I don't need to go to California, okay? <laughs> I realize it was in the north, but eh, I'm good. <laughs> I'll stick to my flyover state. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's a big Navy base there, I think. Uh-huh. and But uh, lots of fun things are on that island, too, including this brewery. 
Um, and then you have the typical expansion story. Mm-hmm. They got a in 2012. They started going on the mainland with a production facility. 2016, latest thing on their timeline here, celebrating 20 years of brewing. You know, last year, so they've been around for a long time. It says it was brewed and bottled by Coronado and Coronado. So there you go. There you go. Coronado, California. Little logo of a mermaid. I like the bottle. Yeah. I like the etched Yeah, the bottle has a really sleek design on it. Yeah, the label is like transparent. It's etched. I guess. Kind of fancy. It is kind of fancy. I'm feeling fancy already. Michael, is it time? Let's let's just open it up. Oh, the cap is pretty awesome too. That mermaid's got like three beers in her hands. Yeah, that mermaid is serving up a bevy of brews. Well, it smells like berries. Oh, wow. Oh, is this going to go into berry, berry, berry vice? vice territory? That tastes like Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you mentioned that story in the past. I have indeed. Show. Shout out to those involved. I know. It, oh, I, I think at least two, two of the three that were there for that lesson. The homeless man shouting out. That ish tastes like Kool-Aid. Yes. <laughs> well... Uh, Michael, would you? S- this does not look much like a rose color to me. Um, it's pinkish though, wouldn't you say? Not really. Maybe, you don't maybe think so. it's the light in here. I don't know, but mine's got a lot of sediment in it. Mine did too. Okay. Um, it almost looks like there's like cracked pepper floating in this thing. Maybe hmm. I shouldn't have swished the bottle, but uh, if if there's a pink hue in this, it's incredibly light. This looks pretty gold to me. Mine. Mine looks more pink, though. Hmm. It's a- hazy. Definitely hazy. hazy. Yeah, mine's hazy. Yeah. Almost translucent to an extent. Almost. Um, you can kind of see through it, though. Um, I see your golden, but I also, to me, it has like an injection of like <laughs> a amber pink hue to it. Much like uh, Hitler's personal Dr. Morel would inject him with Yukadol uh, <laughs> every day. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, like all that. right, cool. Now, out of Nazi drug use and back to beer. Um, uh, maybe it's, I don't know. Co- anywho, color aside. Yeah, should I go in? Yeah, go for it. Describe the smell as I go, Jeremy. It's uh, it's lightly berry-ish. Not, uh, it is not berry vice, berry level. Uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah, with that taste... I was just talking about the nose. And the smell, but yeah, the taste is in agreement with that. It is not like a sugary, go ahead, Jeremy, but it's not like a sugary sweet, but it is distinctly berry flavored. It is, yeah. It's, um, the flavor text there was right. It is, uh, tart without becoming sour. Yeah. Once again, like, uh, was it last week that we did the, what did we do last week? Uh, pineapple mana week. Yes, that's right. Much like that pineapple, where it actually tasted like pineapple and not pineapple flavoring, this mm. actually tastes like uh, berries as opposed to, like, it tastes like purple. Yeah, you do kind of get a slight bitter fruit finish. Um, Is it bitter? Not bitter, but, like... Tart. Tart, yeah. yeah. Nothing puckering, though. No, it's no, definitely crazy. not. I don't know. Uh, do you think it tastes... Do you think it tastes like a beer, though? Uh, Mine's fizzing like crazy, too. Mine is not fizzing like crazy. Really? Hmm. 
Not really. It does not have uh, the beerosity that we traditionally angle for. Yeah, I was thinking the same. It's not bad, though. Oh, no, no, no. That. You could maybe fool an amateur, you know, somebody who's not a dedicated beer drinker, and they might not call this a beer. That's fair. I that's, yeah. yeah, I could see that. Do you think it could have used a little bit more of the sugar factor of, like, a berry vice? Mm, I would like maybe like to see it go a little more in the other direction, actually. True. I think if it went too far in the other direction, though, it would have a... It would run into some issues with uh, the malt backbone, which is present and, you know, unimpressive. To me, it has a pretty weak body. The I... The body is Which, a little weak. Um, I mean, I'm talking more about just the malt profile. Mm, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, like a Berliner Weiss or a Sour is noticeably lighter than this would be. This is thin as opposed to light, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I see what they're going for. They're they're going for almost like, like a mini Oktoberfest-ish kind of like flavor, malt flavor. Maybe maybe I'm talking out of my hind shanks, but I don't know. I feel like the uh, the berries are kind of grinding up against the malt profile. Yeah. So would you like to see it go more in the berry vice sugary sweet direction, or? Well, now that you bring up the uh, the other direction, which I hadn't thought of, <laughs> you're right. I would like it to see it go a little bit more a little bit more tart. Um, if they did that, though, they I think they would have to lighten it a little bit. The, the body, anyways. Yeah, it's it's tough to perfect one of these beers, as we've kind of discovered with this series. Um, I think I've figured out what the deal is. The berry, the is berries it? themselves are not sweet. The berries themselves are tart. Mm-hmm. The body is sweet. Uh, yeah, I think you're on to something there, yeah. And it's not quite balanced out the way it needs to be. It's, it's like there's... Uh, if you have like your scales of justice going like between tart and sweet is i mean i don't really know if you can do both of them i think they're kind of antithetical in a beer anyways mm-hmm. but both of the both of the scales are like they're both up somehow and it doesn't balance out the way that i feel it should what do you think i think that yeah i'm having, you're doing a better job of kind of putting tabs on what's going on here than I am, I think. Um, hmm. I get paid to notice things, Michael. <laughs> um, what to me? What do you dislike uh, about this beer? What is, what's, uh, let me just take a quick swig Yeah, here. go for it. A pre-SOJ. Mm-hmm. PSOJ? <laughs> to me, it just comes across, like, the tart flavor is there. I kind of like that. It's, it has a good berry flavor, but it's just a little insipid in all the other departments that kind of make a beer a beer it's not like obviously it doesn't have a strong hop flavor mm-hmm. which might not be good in a beer like this it, should, it, it shouldn't have a strong hot flavor yeah um it's not a tremendous malt so that makes me recognize as a beer i don't get any yeast profile mm-hmm. in there so it's a little insipid on the beer front which which is, that's probably what i don't like about it now the whole package still isn't necessarily that bad. It's still a pretty tasty brew, um, especially for the summertime. But I don't know. I think I've just liked some of the, like the last two yeah, brews definitely. we had have been really good. What was good. the one before the pineapple? 
The one before the pineapple was... No looking. Then <laughs> we're not right, sitting here right. for a long time. Um, Huckleberry. Huckleberry, yeah. yeah. That was... See, that, and that was another... That was a wheat beer like this one, but it still tasted like a beer. Yeah, um... And that's a bear. That's another berry flavor too. It is another berry flavor, and so they managed to do it pretty well and balance that out pretty well. Um, I I like the bear. I like all of the individual berries that they chose for this particular beer. They all go great in a pie. Mm-hmm. However, that the malt sweetness is really throwing me off. I I really don't like that. I'm I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of with you on your description. Um, the overall package is okay. Question mark. The, the the berry the berry profile is unique to be sure, and I do mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that they did not try to like berry vice this and make it, you know, taste like Kool Aid or Flavor Aid yeah. as it were. I I think I have a pithy thing that might tie the bow on this. Berries don't have pith, Michael. <laughs> God. The other pithy thing. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, like, the... So, the... Okay. Already, I'm not being very pithy <laughs> by bumbling I, and bumbling. I um, ruined it. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> With the huckleberry... It was the berries were accenting the beers, uh-huh. and with this one, I feel like the beer is trying to accent the berries. Boom, nailed it. So... Yep. It's berries first before a beer... Which and it can be fine. If you like that, more power to you. But it's just not my what I'm looking for. I I feel like that the the beer the we're going around in circles. The, yes. The, the, should we rate? We should. The yeah. I'll go first. Um. Okay. I feel in addition to all the stuff that I've said is that the uh, the malt profile is actively bringing the beer down. Okay. I I feel if they would have. I, I I'm not sure what they could have done. I don't really get a whole lot of wheat out of this beer. It feels like there's some C60 mm-hmm. in here, but eh, what do I know? If the body was lighter, this would be noticeably higher. It's just it's it's got a little bit of a sickly sweetness to it. Mhm. Yeah. But sip of judgment. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a valiant effort, but it just kind of falls short. Um, I don't know about you, but my mouth is kind of coated, like I just ate like a a thing of sweet tarts <laughs> without washing my mouth out. I just I just kind of have that the tart flavor kind of comes and goes fairly quickly, but the the sweetness just kind of lingers, and it's. It's got that weird Mm -hmm. on on your tongue. So this one is another one in the dumper pile. So I'll give this one a (laughs) 2.75. Okay. Um, The dumper pile. God. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) How diplomatic. (laughs) Um, I I did lock in my rating before you rated it. So um, I guess I don't need a sip of judgment. Okay. I'm thinking the rating might be too high, but... I'll just go with what my heart said. Um, I'm going to go 3.25. Really? Again, despite all the misgivings we have about it, is misgivings a word? Whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Uh, the overall package still... Overall is not a word, though, Michael. Quit making crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
still delivers um, ultimately. And in the context of summer, I can see this being a decent brew. I can see people enjoying it. It might not be a beer drinker's beer, but no. it's not bad. <laughs> uh, kind of question mark emphasis placed on purpose on that word, bad. Yeah, it's um, middle of the road no matter how you go about it. Yeah. Valiant and effort. I like the berries. Well, whatever. We said it. Yeah. But it's good to have another brew from another brewery. Have to mm-hmm. look out for more stuff from them sometime. And find out uh, if they really are like the lost brewery of Coronado. <laughs> yeah. If there's some sort of treasure on Coronado Isle or some such thing. I'm still not going to California. <laughs> You're missing out, man. I'm sure I am. Like, Stone is there. Uh, there's all sorts of good stuff out there that is, you know, wearing true freak label as we've established. But like, eh, mm-hmm. nah, no, I'm good. I also don't all need right. to go to French Guiana either. <laughs> oh, is it is it still French Guiana? Uh, whatever. Uh, Michael, should I throw out the social media plugs? Go ahead, my friend. You can find us everywhere at APM Pod. You can find us at APM Pod on Twitter. Send us a tweet. Have you had Atomic Pumpkin or Barry, haha, the hatchet? Have you had anything? Do you have any ideas on what we should drink? Do you have uh, articles that might pique our interest and stimulate discussion, such as Council of the Show's articles on the Zion Curtain of Utah? Shoot us a link. We'll read it. Well, Michael controls the Twitter account, and I badmouth him. Uh, you can find us <laughs> at apmpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Same deal. You can find us on iTunes. Rate and review, please. You know how it goes. You listen to podcasts. We're also on Stitcher. We're on Google Music. We're on your RSS feed of choice. We have a nascent-ish YouTube channel at apmpod with pithy one-liners and little chunks for Michael. I think he just likes making videos, so give him something to watch out for. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, am I missing any? Uh, Facebook, APM Pod, hit it up. You guys know what to do. Give us a like, spread the word. Yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, I think you got it too. And that's another one down to go with, Michael. It most certainly is. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.